Hello and welcome to The Story, a podcast where great stories are shared and told. Do you love being immersed in drama, romance and suspense? Do you like to forget about the world you live in and step into someone else's world? Do you like to fall in love with characters that seem so real that you can identify with them and you just can't stop thinking about them? Well, you have come to the right place. This is a podcast that does just that. I narrate my second book, Rise of a Source Survival, where each week I read out a chapter of my book and I encourage other writers to join me in sharing some of the stories they have written. It's all about support and listening to a good story. So join us and embark on a journey of storytelling. Hello and welcome to the podcast. How are you all today? I hope you've had a wonderful week and are ready to listen to episode 20. I can't wait for you to listen to today's episode. It is one that oozes drama and will have you on the edge of your seats. So definitely one you must listen to. However, before we get into today's episode, I would like to share with you our quote for the week. Your thoughts are not facts. So what do I mean by this? Well, so so often we can have negative thoughts, particularly when we try something new or thinking of trying something new. We start to look for evidence to back up these negative thoughts, but I want to tell you that it is simply not true. And we need to be mindful of this. We need to ask ourselves, is it really true? With whatever you may be thinking negatively about. So often our thoughts become limiting beliefs and if we keep telling ourselves that they are facts, we start to believe it. Don't let the negative thoughts stop you from living your life and doing the things you want to do. We have around 60,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day and we need to be mindful of how these thoughts are affecting us. It is something to watch out for and I hope this helps stop you from self-sabotaging yourself. Be mindful and enjoy your life. Okay, let's do a quick recap of last week's episode, Hunted. We heard that the Seer Takeo and the fleeing refugees make their way to Merrick's village with the Asaur not far behind them. Ada, Ulrich and Kriya stay behind to stall the Asaur to give the others a chance to get to the Hidden Valley. Ada sets fire to the grassland while Ulrich battles with the Asaur. Ulrich is critically wounded and Merrick sets out to rescue his son. Zuri mocks Eleanor, and Ada questions her mother when she learns of her father's relationship with Zuri. The ancient seer advises Eleanor that she is to unite with Merrick to break the curse. Okay, everyone, get comfy and enjoy this next episode. The healer clucked her tongue as she grounded up some herbs for the wounded man who lay still on the bed. Eleanor, the seer, Ada and Merrick watched in silence, worry carved into their faces. He will survive. Please, you must not worry, the seer told them in a quiet voice. When will he wake? Eleanor felt physically ill. Her son had not woken since they had arrived the previous evening. Serenity had busied herself with preparing many differing herbs and potions. His wound had looked infected and she added a poultice to help it heal. Eleanor, my dear, he has an infection. 
we must give him time to fight it. They had all taken turns in watching over him during the night. He does not have a fever anymore, thank the gods. Serenity poured the drink she had just made into a cup and made her way to the bed Ulrich was asleep on. Carefully, she placed her head in his her carefully she placed his head in her lap and spooned the mixture between his lips. Merrick helped sit him up so that he would not choke. Slowly they fed him the entire mixture. I'm hoping this will help wake him, Serenity told them as she went back into the kitchen. I'll take first watch, Merrick announced. I will too, Eleanor added. Merrick glanced at her unamused. Don't you want Mother to stay with you? Ada was direct. Her anger with her father had only intensified when she had seen him with Zuri. I think your mother has a garden, has enough to do with the garden. Ada stood up and came to stand next to Merrick. I think my mother is old enough to know what is important and being with her son takes priority. She glared at Merrick, her anger visible. Merrick looked away. He did not want to argue with her. So it is settled then. Merrick and Eleanor will do first watch. I will come with Angela later. And I think Sabin said he would join you, Ada. The seer half smiled at Ada when he turned to look at him. Eleanor sponged Ulrich's face and she watched for any sign of him waking. Do you remember when we got separated, Merrick? Catch's healer saved you? Merrick sighed. He had remained silent the whole time that he and Eleanor had taken watch over their son. Serenity had made another potion, instructing them to give it to him in three hours' time. She was exhausted and had gone to bed once they had organised who would be watching over Ulrich. The camp was growing, and so far she was the only healer and future midwife. I remember. Merrick did not look at his wife, preferring to keep his gaze on their son. Have you thought about a divorce, Eleanor? Eleanor sucked in her breath and closed her eyes. She had tried to push this away. I'll never divorce you, Merrick. Her tone was cold as she willed herself to have the courage to stand up to him. Merrick turned to look at her. How will that serve you? I don't want to be your husband any longer. You need to get over this thing that we're going to get back together. His voice had started to rise. Eleanor felt her own anger beginning to grow. I don't think we should be arguing in front of our son, Merrick. Merrick started to pace the room. Eleanor was so frustrating. The sound of the front door opening startled them and Merrick went to check who had come in. Eleanor could hear Zuri's voice and her heart sank. She despised the woman. Doesn't she have any decency? By herself, she peered out the doorway into the main room. Zuri had jumped into Merrick's arms, her legs wrapped around his waist as they kissed. Eleanor felt both humiliation and disgust. She wanted to shout out to Merrick that she did want a divorce and it was all she could do to stop herself from doing that very thing. Wiping the tears that began to flow, she went and sat beside her son's bed. Image of her husband and Zuri lingered in her mind and she could not shake it. How can I ever be with Merrick again? It'll never be the same. If the Usor had never come, none of this would have happened. Bitter thoughts tumbled through her mind, stoking her fury and hate. 
Eleanor looked out the window. Out the window, night had come dark and daunting. A fluttering in her stomach brought her attention back to where she was. She placed her hand on her stomach. Her babies were moving. So absorbed in trying to connect to her unborn children, she did not hear Zuri and Merrick into the room. What are you doing? Merrick asked, making Eleanor jump. She snickered as she watched Eleanor's reaction to her question. I'm feeling Merrick's and my babies move. They are healthy, which is what every mother and father want. She glared at Zuri. I think you need to go home and rest, Eleanor. Better make sure they continue like that. You know how things can change. Zuri folded her arms, her hatred for the other woman visible in the look she returned. Eleanor wanted to gouge out her eyes, her anger and animosity almost too much to bear. She stood and took a step towards Zuri before pushing her. Get out, Zuri. You are not welcome here. Zuri pushed her back, forcing Eleanor onto the bed. Eleanor's patience snapped. I told you to get out. She hissed as she once again shoved the younger woman towards the door. Merrick came to stand between them as Zuri reached forward to grab Eleanor's hair. Eleanor let out a startled cry as Zuri pulled with all her might. Eleanor toppled back, landing on her side. Merrick pushed Zuri aside. Leave her, he growled. Eleanor lay on the wooden floor. She'd taken a hard fall. Merrick leant down beside her. Are you okay? She did not answer him. Instead, she continued to lay on the floor. Serenity had woken after hearing Eleanor fall and raced into the room. What is going on here? she exclaimed. Eleanor sat up. Her head swam and she touched the side of her head. She could feel a small gash and blood was on her fingers as she pulled her hand away. Merrick offered his hand to help her up. Eleanor pushed it aside. Leave, she told him. Merrick continued to look down at her. I said get out. Eleanor shouted vehemently. Leave her, Merrick. She's not worth it. Zuri grabbed Merrick's arm, leading him from the room. Serenity knelt beside Eleanor. Don't get up just yet. Let me look at the cut on your head, she said gently. The healer clucked her tongue, examining the wound. Not too bad, Nori. Won't need stitching. Take it slowly when you get up, she offered. Eleanor nodded. She felt exhausted, and she took the healer's hand as she hoisted herself up. The healer looked her over. Does everything feel okay? Eleanor nodded. The healer helped us to the chair beside the bed. Eleanor sat down and glanced down at her son. Ulrich was moving. Serenity! He's moving! I think he may wake up! Serenity smiled and came closer to the bed. Ulrich was stirring, and as he moved onto his side, his eyes fluttered open. Eleanor got up from the chair and kissed his cheek. Welcome back, son. People busied themselves in gathering food, water and timber for the night's welcome ceremony. Ulrich had recovered enough to be able to participate and there was excitement in the air as the burgeoning village prepared to welcome their new guests and soon-to-be community members. Anja sipped her tea. Ada, herself and the seer, had discussed in great length preparations for the coming battle and the situation between Eleanor and Merrick. I think we need to announce Suri's future husband tonight at the ceremony, 
We won't have time to have another one. It'll be too risky, Angela said thoughtfully. The seer reflected on her proposal. It was a good suggestion. He had concerns with the saw finding them. Eric had sent scouts to look for any sign, and thus, and thus far there had been none. We have to convince Amzi to be on board. He has a right to decline, as he is her only living male relative. Angela nodded in a mood nodded in agreement with the seer. I will send Ada to discuss it with him, but this cannot go on any longer. Someone has cursed my son. We need him focused on the battle ahead. Do we know who this man is? Ada asked. We do, Ada. He is from a different family, one that joined Merrick when they were on their way here. Angela smiled. She had not met the man, but the seer had pointed him out. Carpenter. Skills are highly regarded. I've heard good stories about him. Ada chuckled. A bit different to a leader. Zuri won't be impressed. It will humble her, Ada. I think she needs a lesson in that. Angela smiled. People were seated at the long t- timber table that was adorned with decorations and tableware. A woman sang a song that told a story about a couple in love. Her voice reverberated through the night air. She had a beautiful voice, and Eleanor listened to it intensely. When she had finished, the seer stood in front of the village people. He welcomed the newcomers and did a speech of how grateful he was to be back with them. The crowd applauded and whistled when he had finished. The air was festive, and excitement rippled through the people seated. The seer proceeded to read out the list of the upcoming weddings. He asked each couple to stand and be congratulated and announced that weddings would take place in two weeks' time. A murmur went through the crowd. It was so soon. The seer ignored them, merely giving the explanation that time was of the essence and their world was not a permanent one. Lastly, another wedding that will take place will be between Zuri and Arcus. Please wish the couple good health and fortune. The crowd gasped at the seer's words and a wave of whispers went through, through them. Eleanor sucked in her breath, and she felt her son squeeze her hand. He had been briefed of all that had transpired between his parents. Eleanor quickly sought out Zuri. She wanted to see how she was taking this new information. She was sitting next to Merrick, an angry scowl on her face. Merrick was trying to placate her, and was losing the battle badly. Eleanor watched Azuri begrudgingly stood up, honouring the traditional practice of good wishes. She quickly looked over the far side of the table. A handsome, dark-haired man stood. He was young, with shoulder-length hair and a broad smile. Zuri did not meet the man's gaze, preferring to look away. The village wished them well and raised a toast for the soon-to-be couple. Eleanor noticed Merrick direct his gaze at her. A look of hate sent a shiver down her spine. She looked away, but an uneasy feeling settled upon her. Eleanor made her way back to Merrick's home. Ulrich walked beside her, adamant on escorting her home. He was bitterly disappointed with his father and had barely spoken to him once he had found out what had happened between his mother and father. Eleanor felt exhausted. Her stomach felt heavy and she wondered how she'd be in four months' time, when the babies were due. As they neared the large hut, 
Yuri came walking towards them, an angry look on her face. Can you give us some privacy, Ulrich? I need to talk to your mother. She growled as she neared them. Ulrich frowned, feeling irritated that she had the audacity to dismiss him. No, Zuri. Whatever you need to say to my mother, you can say to me. Her eyes flickered over Ulrich, and a look of repulsion settled upon her. Very well, have it your own way. Eleanor, I know that you are behind this, and I'm going to make you pay. America's mine, do you hear? He loathes you. Actually, you sicken him. She took a step closer to Eleanor, waving her finger in front of her. Ulrich stepped forward and grabbed her, pushing her roughly away. Get away from here. My father is not thinking right. He has been cursed. You're the one he should be hating. How dare you speak to the leader's wife like that? Ulrich continued to steer Zuri away from his mother. She pulled from him and turned to look back at Eleanor. I'm going to make you pay for this, Eleanor. She spat. Ulrich took a firmer hold on her. He still was not as strong as he was before his injury. His patience had run out. Pulling her, heart, pulling her arms behind her, he began to lead her back to the main camp. I will wait back at the house, Ulrich, Eleanor shouted after him. Ulrich raised his hand, indicating he had heard her. He was determined that he would face his father and put an end to this ridiculous love triangle. He also wanted Zuri punished, something he would have to discuss with the seer. Zuri twisted and squirmed, trying to escape from Ulrich's firm hold. Stop trying to get away, it won't help you. I've had enough of this rubbish. Ulrich scanned the crowd, desperately trying to look for his to locate his father. Are you looking for your father? The small voice startled him, and he looked sideways to see Kaya standing off to one side. He felt himself blush. It was not a good time to be talking with her. She did not wait for him to answer. He's with Anjar and the seer over near the healer's home. Rick mumbled a thank you and made his way to Serenity's home. His father was seated in front of a small fire. The seer Anjar and the healer were seated opposite him. They were in a deep conversation as Ulrich approached. He shoved Zuri forward, his fury towards her evident. This woman is to be punished. She threatened my mother, your wife. Ulrich turned and directed his gaze at Merrick. Merrick stood up as Zuri ran to him. He placed his arms around her, giving her a quick embrace. I decide who gets punished. I'm the leader of this village. Ulrich stole towards his father. You're not fit to lead this camp. You've abandoned your wife who carries your children. What sort of leader does that? Ulrich demanded. Merrick clenched his jaw. His son was pushing his boundaries. He's right, Merrick, the seer said in a quiet tone. Zuri has promised to Arcus. Emsi has given his consent. We have tried to warn you. This union between yourself and Zuri is doomed and will forfeit everything we have worked for. Your wife needs you and I will be the one overseeing the punishment for this woman. Zuri will go and work with the people who collect the seeds, and you will be banished, and you will be banished from seeing Merrick. Although I do not want to say this, but if you break your punishment, you be banned from the village. Zuri let out a cry. Banning someone from this village will ensure certain death, Merrick argued. 
the sea aside. I cannot risk the fate of all for the selfish needs of one. Merrick sat back on the log, holding his head between his hands. There was nothing he could do, and deep down he knew that Seer was right. Zuri sat, sat beside him, stroking his arm. You'd leave now, please. Do what you have been told. Merrick did not look up at her. Zuri paused, her hand halfway in the air. Leave, Merrick growled. She stood as if she'd been slapped. Her face revealed a mixture of shock and surprise. As you wish, but you'll regret it. She turned and fled, while Merrick continued to look down at the ground. Eleanor lay on her side. She could not lay on her stomach any longer. Serenity had given her different herbs to take every day to help with the growth of her unborn children. Merrick had returned to his home a few days after he told Zuri to leave him. He was quiet, withdrawn, sa said little, and refused to sleep in the same bed as Eleanor. At first she had been hurt with his rejection, but after some time she grew to, ex to accept it. Angie had begun to feel annoyed and frustrated with the son. They had not discussed their next step in finding and getting rid of the Asaur. An uneasiness had formed between the pair, and Eleanor wondered how long it would go on for. She knew it was important they had a plan in place. It was only a matter of time when the Asaur would come for them. A shiver went down her spine when she thought about them. They created a fear that never left any of them. Although the village had started to relax and resume normal life, she knew it was imperative that they begin to formulate strategies and designate people tasks to make that happen. The room had grown warm and she hoisted herself up. Lately, she had taken to afternoon naps. She got up from the bed and felt a pain go down her side. She paused and waited for it to go, making her way to the kitchen. Ada and Ludwig were cooking, come very close. Kai was sitting at the table peeling vegetables. She smiled at them, making her way out the door and towards the river. She wanted to bathe and feel the coolness of the water. The river was full of people and she managed to find a quiet spot away from the crowd. She could see Zuri talking to some younger men and she shook her head. I hope Merrick comes to his senses and sees what she is really like. She wondered where Merrick went during the day. He'd fallen into a deep depression. She washed her face and dunked her hair in the cool water. Zuri had caught sight of her and whispered to the young men she was flirting with. They smirked and laughed as they looked over towards her. Eleanor felt herself blush and decided to leave. She'd begun to feel uncomfortable being the butt of their jokes. She hated Zuri and wondered if she would ever forgive as she stepped out of the water, she felt another pain, causing her to cry out. She reached out to support herself with a small tree that stood in front of her. The pain lasted longer this time, and a growing sense of alarm began to develop. I'll go and see Serenity, there must be something wrong. She could hear someone behind her as she slowly walked away from the river. Hey! Eleanor squeezed her eyes shut and took a breath did not have the patience to be talking with someone. She felt a hand on her shoulder, and she turned to see who it was. 
we were hoping you'd stay a little longer. One of the youths, flirting with Zuri, was grinning at her. I have to get home. Eleanor did not like the way he was looking at her. His mouth twisted into a wicked grin. He reached down and grabbed her wrist, pulling her towards him. Eleanor felt her heart beat faster, and she swallowed, trying to calm her growing panic. Please, leave me alone. I, I just want to go home. The young man pulled her close enough that she could smell his breath, and she looked away. You can go home after we've had some fun. Zuri tells me you love playing in the water. He snickered and pulled Eleanor towards the water's edge. She looked over to where Zuri and the other men were sitting. They began to jeer and shout as they saw their friend dragging Eleanor into the water. Eleanor pleaded for the man to stop, but he only laughed at her as he pulled her further into the water. She desperately looked around for other people, but it seemed most of them had already left. She spotted a family on the far side and began to call out for help. The man roughly placed his hand to cover her mouth, cutting off her cries for help. Shut up, he yelled. Now you can either do it my way nice and easy, or we do it the hard way, and I don't think you'll like that. Eleanor felt tears run down her face. Are you going to keep quiet? he demanded. She nodded. He gave her one more look before releasing his hand. Eleanor took a was up to her waist, and she looked over to Zuri, who was watching intently. Eleanor let the man drag her to the rock ledge that Zuri and three other men were sitting on. The pain had started to return, and she willed it to go away. She sent a prayer to the gods and screamed silently for Ada or Anja to pick up on her dilemma. As they approached the others, she pleaded once again for the man to let her go. What's wrong with her? Zuri called out. Ah, she doesn't want to play with us, he snickered. Stop your whinging, Eleanor, and get up here. Zuri came over and helped the youth pull her out of the water. She carefully sat down, not looking at them. So what game do you want to play? The other men had come over and surrounded her. Eleanor's thoughts tumbled over one another, and she had to get away from them. She looked over to where she'd seen the family across the other bank. They were leaving. Her heart skipped a beat. So I told you, be careful, didn't I? Mary knelt beside Eleanor, pushing a strand of her hair away from her face. Look at me! She grabbed Eleanor's chin, pulling it towards her face. Eleanor looked into the other woman's eyes. Cold, hateful look filled them, sent a shiver down her spine. I want you to pay for what you have done. You've ruined my life. Now it's my turn to ruin yours, Zuri spat. She pulled Eleanor up, up by her hair, forcing her to cry out. Shut up, you stupid woman, she snarled in Eleanor's ear. Eleanor knew her life depended on her getting away and thought desperately on how she could escape. The pain in her abdomen had increased, giving her the strength to fight. An anger washed over her as her desire to flee became too much to bear. Eleanor pushed Zuri with all her strength, forcing her back into one the, onto one of the young men behind her. Zuri leapt up as Eleanor ran towards the edge of the rock ledge. Grab her! 
Eleanor felt the hands of one of the men grab her hair, reefing her back towards them. She turned and began to pour at his face. He released his grip, giving Eleanor an opportunity to make another dash to the water. She surged forward before she felt herself being pushed from the other side. Eleanor became unbalanced and toppled sideways. She held out her right arm to brace her fall and an immediate pain shot up her forearm as she fell heavily on her side. Her stomach cramped and she cried out from pain and shock. Or squeezed her eyes shut. Pain was unbearable and she dared not move. Get up! Zuri leaned over and placed her foot into Eleanor's side. Eleanor lay still. Have you killed her? One of the youths came to stand next to her. No, she's pretending. Zuri gave her a swift kick, causing Eleanor to moan. I told you she was alive. Now get her up. They sat Eleanor up, and she what? Dazed as they peered down at her. She could feel a dampness between her legs, and she glanced down at herself. A bright red patch was beginning to form at the front of her trousers. You're making her lose her baby, one of the men shouted. Eleanor heard Zuri laugh in satisfaction. She could not move. The pain was too great. And suddenly, she felt exhausted. Eleanor woke. Her arm was throbbing. Pain in her stomach had slowed to a dull ache. Blood had dried on her trousers, and she was relieved that the bleeding had at least stopped. She looked around her. The sun was descending, casting shadows on the water. Zuri was locked in an embrace with the man who had dragged her into the water. The other two, the other three were engaged in conversation. She's awake! The youngest man leapt from where he had been sitting. Zuri rushed over to Eleanor, a wicked look on her face. Good, you're awake now. We can have some fun. She forced, forced Eleanor to sit up. I want you to mess her up. That way Merrick knows what he really missed out on. She sneered as she told the two youths closest to, your, to Eleanor. They laughed and jostled before Eleanor felt a hard blow to her face. A duck descended upon her as she fell into a dreamless sleep. So thank you for listening. I appreciate your time and truly am grateful. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe where you listen to all your favourite podcasts. Take care, everyone, and see you next week on The Story, the podcast where great stories are told. Bye for now.